Welcome to the basement. It feels good to be here in the new setup. Uh, I took some time off, and in that time off, I set some goals and got reacquainted with just a little bit of myself and my family and realized, you know, I need a new setup. I got some goals for the podcast and one of them being 40 episodes in 2020. So in order to do that, I had to kind of get resituated up in here and I made that happen. And also, also, some of the stuff that was going on, the Men of Purpose podcast, uh, I've been been talking about it. Uh, by the time this podcast launches, they should be live too. So please go look, show love and support to the Men of Purpose podcast. You got Desi Abeda and Matt Frakes out there just, just doing great things as we talk about you know, life and legacy and being husbands and fathers. And you know, I'm you know, I try to be real big on on health and wellness and, and that's the some of the things that, that they hit on just as well and even more and beyond. And it's been been a real privilege to to have my hand uh involved in everything that, that they have going on over there at the Men of Purpose. And as I as I sit back and, and think about just life and and reflection uh you know i decided it was time to drop this this podcast with bob ditko and i got to just thinking about just my life and, and parenthood and and being who i am and the legacy that i want to leave and you know we're all we are is you know the sum of all of our lives events you know and i think that beyond that you know that makes us who we are as an individual but i also think that we are a sum of all our ancestors from generations past and as i think about that like you know i yes i am you know my parents and their parents and so on you know so for me for the, part of the legacy that i i want to to leave out there and pass on is is health just just mental health, physical health, just just wellness. Just, you know, being just being well. You know, so that's you know, some of the things that I was, you know, took away from this conversation with with Bob because we got into a little bit of the the psychology of parenting, which is a, a very interesting thing to me. You know, as I as I progress, you know, as a father and I'm dealing with everything on the fly. You know, I don't exactly know how, how to do any of this, but every day is uh, you know, presented a, a new challenge and a, and a new way to go about, you know, this dad life. And some of the things we touched on, uh, Bob, Bob mentioned, you know, he, you know, this is, you know, says Bob, uh, you gain a conscious by 12, you know, as, as I'm, you know, a little bit more than two years into the dad stuff and just trying to implement as as much as possible. I think that was that was an interesting perspective, you know, from Bob, you know, you know, OK, so then you're so you're conscious to and responsive to your surroundings, you know, and, and that means you're starting to gain responsibility. So by 12, you have to have some sense of of ownership. So that comes back to to the parent, to the to the father. 
you know, to, to instill that. And, and I say that just as, as a father, obviously both, both parents have their hand in things, at least, you know, in, in my household, you know, not necessarily, you know, that's not necessarily how everybody grew up. And you know, there was a point in this podcast where, where Bob asked me something to the effect of, uh, was I ever told I'm, I'm proud of you or, you know, hear that from your parents. And I, I was real quick to answer no, you know, that that never happened. And I, I really got to, you know, just reflecting and, and, and think, you know, I don't, you know, I, my, I, I think, you know, that my mom did, you know, this is a little sports orientated, but, but nonetheless, like I, I did, you know, I, I feel like I did hear, hear the words from, from my mom. So, but yeah, let's uh let's break into to this podcast with Bob Ditko and I was I was fortunate enough to to sit down and break some bread with him and and his daughter last week. Um uh, this was this this podcast is actually this is from November 2019. So I've been sitting on this for a little while. Uh but as we roll into the MLK holiday. I hope everybody, you know, just just those of you who have some time off, uh, enjoy it. Take it all in with the family. Uh, but yeah, here, uh, here we go into the basement with Bob Ditko. Uh, everybody be cool. I'm gonna get up out of here. No. Should we go brush your teeth? No. You gotta go brush your teeth? No, I want my brush my teeth. It's that time of day. I want to do pass. Subjects are broken little things Feels good to be kind But it's the only thing that keeps you alive And I'm alone most of the time now Now I'm the only one worth hanging around And I can really put my roots down now I'm the only one in Tell me about your dad then I, I didn't know I had a different father until I was 17 So once I found out that I was raised by somebody who was an alcoholic and so it was never a good experience. As a matter of fact, when the divorces came through, it would be where I didn't even know he was my father. He used me kind of more of a, uh, of a battle. I was that one leg in between. It's, if you don't do what he says, I'm going to tell him I'm not his dad. If you don't do what he says, I'm going to tell him that you're not, you're not his father. So it went back and forth hmm. all the time. It's okay to, to find out now because it made me who I am. You became the person that you don't want to drink. You don't always want to go out and be that party person. I'd rather be the designated driver. I have more fun being sober than I do getting drunk in the first place. So I learned a long time ago never to be that person. And I think that that's where we need to, to understand is people like you and people like me have turned around, seen what's happened, been that latchkey kid, been that problem child, been something wrong. And we discern it and we said, we're not going to raise our kids that way. So we do the total opposite. So I spend a lot of time with my daughter. Yeah, yeah. I try to do that. I try to uh, 
everybody, this is uh, Bob Ditko, one of Tucson's finest. Where are you from, Bob? I'm from Tucson. Oh, you're born and raised in Tucson. Every time I try to leave, that damn truck breaks down. I always feel the desert will call you home. <laughs> there, I always say that there's no place in the world like Tucson, but Tucson has everything the world has to offer. It does. I, I love Tucson, man. I get used to it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> One day I may turn it's around home. and go somewhere else, but it will be in Arizona. Arizona is my home. I love it. I love the travel around Arizona. Pretty much been anywhere I possibly can. Haven't been to Winslow yet. I just want to go to Winslow, Arizona, just to see what it's like. So if I decide I like it there, maybe I'll stay a couple of weeks or something. Who knows? Yeah, but I hear you, though, on the, the give back to your kids and, and treat the situation exactly opposite as, you know, the fathers who raised us or didn't raise us or, you know, the moms who are doing the best as they could, you know, trying to get through situations. So, so yeah, I want to be able to, you know, never miss a game, never miss a concert, a recital, whatever that may be. Just try my damnedest to be home. I have a, a designated late night Thursday. It's, you know, I get to get a group of veterans. No, I'm together. there with you every once in a while. We, yeah, we, we hang out, do our thing on Thursday. But besides that, I'm home for bedtime. I do my damnedest to be home for dinner time. Okay. Uh, just, you know, the presence of a father in the home. I have two sons. So it's just. Now, how old are your sons? Uh, two and seven months, seven and a half months. Okay. Yep, so babies. Yep, most definitely. But by the time I was two, you know, my pop was, he was already. Now, do you have conversations parent. with the kids? Do you do something with them for 20 minutes at a time, for 30 minutes at a time? Do you spend time getting one-on-one on a daily basis? It's a difference. I've got a 19-year-old, and I've learned a long time ago that sooner or later, so when we were going through divorce, and it was, it was about 2010, and I, I learned real quick that you only have four things that you talk about with your kids. I was school. You got homework. Is your room clean? Is there a new boyfriend? Do I have to beat him? Who do I have to bury? So with those ideas in mind, it was just a, a continual. That's all we were talking about. And finally, I turned around and realized it's just not getting anywhere. It didn't feel right. So what I did is I went down and got a pack of three-by-five cards. And on those three-by-five cards, I would write microphone. I would turn around and put remote, uh, the color gold, yellow, blue. So I had something to ask her about. And I would take one of those cards in the morning and stick it in my pocket and go to work. And during the workday, I would realize no matter if I'm going to see her tonight or not, I have a question I got to call her about. So it's like, baby girl, I hear you like the color pink. You still like the color pink? No, dad, it's purple this week. Why? And then next thing you know, we have something to talk about. Well, because this is purple and that's purple. And I was just watching the Cinderella story and there was a lot of purple and more and less pink in there. It's like, okay. So then you get to know their friends, you get to know their music, and you get to know everything they like by asking those questions. 15 to 20 minutes a day makes a huge difference. Now, what happens when you grow up, when they're growing up, it's time where they start asking those hard questions. Or they did something wrong and they want to tell you about it. So that's when you finally realize you've earned their trust. Don't blow it from there. So I can remember asking me certain hard questions. Dad, there's this boy. Really? What's going on? So what she did, she called me when, this afternoon. She goes, hi, Dad. I have her usually 70% of the time, but she was at mom's this day. And she goes, hi, Dad. I go, hey, baby girl, how you doing? She goes, good. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. What you calling me for? Well, there's this boy, and his name's Jose. And my mom said, no way, Jose. And I said, whoa, 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 hold on. Time out, time out, time out. <laughs> tell your mom that was good. <laughs> That's no, go classic. Let me get a nice tea, and I'm going to put you on speakerphone. So she went on. I says, okay, now tell me about Jose. Well, he holds my hand, and he walks me to class, and he gets me to the bus. And from the bus, he picks me up, and he walks. He holds my hand, and he walks me to class. And we have lunch, and he holds my hand. She really didn't have much to say. So afterwards, I turn around, and I said, baby girl, you have my blessing to date Jose. This is seventh grade. 
in two weeks, I'm going to meet him. Well, why two weeks? Well, for yeah, us, Bob, not, why two weeks? Two weeks. If he's around in two weeks, it's that thing. But she, it's not the point that she even had a boyfriend. It's the point she wanted to be heard. She didn't want to be judged. She didn't want to be, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. So it, I kept that, that solemn promise that I would never turn around and explode and do everything else that the parents did or do exactly what her mom did by saying, no, you can't. And then two weeks, I went to meet the boy. He was gone. He was already, you know, it was done and over with. It was just the experience. And your kids got to come to you with the experiences. And, and they call it them. puppy love. <laughs> Pretty much. Color wasted time. I've already had his, his grave buried and everything else ready to go. But yeah. yeah, of course. Right next to the horse. It's out there. It's a big desert. Nobody's going to find it. Yeah, true that. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, so my challenge to your initial question, do I get to spend the time, is uh, <clears throat> my oldest is t- not even two and a half. Okay. So, but, yes, I do my best to give him time. We go on walks around the neighborhood, and we get to the end of the block, and there's just beautiful sunset, and we just stop. Oh, nice. Hey, you see this? The sun going down right there. You see how that transitions back. That's the universe. That's where we live. That's beauty. That's God. That's 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 the things we can't explain. You see that how it transitions perfectly. This pink, this orange, this red, and then back up into blue because the sun's still going down. And you know when he's when he's being mean to his brother. You know the baby's seven and a half months, so it's just like, hey, you can't do this because you know he's too small. Or yeah, you can step on me, but I just had to realize, oh. Hey, no, you can't step on me because that's going to form a habit. So right. no, we no longer step on people because now you're trying to step on your brother. Uh, let me ask you, did, so your oldest is 19. You don't even know if you did a good job yet, <laughs> right? You got, I think you got to wait until no they're idea. about you, 25, you, you know? pray that you've done it right, yes. <laughs> uh, did you spank? No. One time I had to swat her in the butt. And it was funny because one of them really a swat. It was one of those you pick them up and you move them around. They're like, oh, my God, Dad meant it this time. Mm-hmm. Never had to do it ever after. Never. She's never been grounded, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, over grades. You can't go out till your grades are back up for this and this. Big deal. Never a problem. Never. And if she does get mouthy and kind of whiny and, you know, just an attitude, it's like, what's up? If you grab your kid's hand and you hold on to them and go, I don't know what's wrong with you, but before you die, you better let me know. They will talk. And half the time it's like, well, Dad, it's that time. Of the uh. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you go find a movie. I'm going to go make the popcorn. And halfway through the movie, you're watching some Disney Channel, and she's already in her room talking to her boyfriend on the phone again. So it's not a big deal, but it's listening, watching, being part of their lives. Let them be part of your lives. It's okay to be the best friend. It's also okay to say it's time to take my best friend's hat off and tell him. Well, right now I'm your daddy, and here's what we're going to do, and here's what I'm seeing, and this is what I need from you. How do you draw? Holding your hand doing that really made a difference. So how do you draw that line? You go from, I'm I'm daddy, and there's, you know, a divorce along the way, so, Uh you know, they got that memory. She's 19, it was nine years ago, she's 10, that's that's a prevalent memory. Uh You know, how do you go forward? What was I trying to say? What's the difference? Where's the light switch at? Right, of uh, parenting to friends to changing the hats. If you have morals and respect... And you're teaching, I teach my daughter every day, make three people smile every day, help three people, and every day appreciate three people. On top of that, it's yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. You're going to help somebody out. If you're not doing these things, you don't, you don't have that. For me and my, my family, it works. Okay, It's not for everybody's family. But if you're not doing something that shows them there's morals and respect for others and people are human, 
they're not going to have that kind of an attitude. Instead, they're going to have that attitude as like, I'm the only one that counts. It's up to me. It's me against the world. And who wants that? It's you in the world. Just like you're saying, you sit there and talk about the universe and show them this is what God's done. It's you showing them the universe. This is them explaining what the universe is in their mind. You, you're actually living the universe by giving back, receiving, helping, making them smile. So when it comes time to their saying, Dad, I broke this. Okay, baby girl, how are we going to pay for it? You know, bring it back to them. I don't know, right. but I can work it off. Okay, well, we're, how are we going to work this off? I see it's broken. We need to get a new one. You know, well, let's figure this out. Here's what I've got going on. I remember she wanted a dress. Going through a divorce. About two, two, three years into it, and when everything was finally done with the divorce, we were still living off of, you know, just a little cash here and there. And she wanted a dress for her first dance. And it was a high school dance, and I figured, okay, I'll save up for it. She goes, we don't have to save up for it. Let's make a couple of things. We make furniture together. And one of the people that we make is like pallet, pallet furniture. I turn around, and I, she goes, if we make a couple swings and put them online, we should be able to sell one, and I'll pay for the dress. Okay, so we went out there, and she did her part. I did my part. We cut the wood together. She sized it up. She measured it. We placed it in together. And then she went and marketed it off to friends just as much as I went and marketed it off on, online. We sold it in two days, and she had enough money for the dress and something to eat after the dance. So. Nice. But it's when it comes to having to be that daddy, there's times where they, they want something so bad they don't understand why they want it. And they're going to turn around and try and do something to get around it. I haven't had that problem with Julia. But if I did, the answer would be, stop where you're at. I'm putting my daddy hat on. Here's why I've told you no. Here's why we're doing it this way. Here's what. If you want to do this, we're going to compromise. And if we can't do this, and I see there's no way I'm going to let you do this, I will have to bury that other person that's on the other end. And she's like, okay, I get it. My dad said no, but my dad said, for an example, it's a party. I want to go to this party, Dad. It's not going to happen. I know these people. I know the parents. I know what's going on. With. However, you want to bring 13, 14 people to this house that night? I will compromise and let you do that. So daddy put his hat on, but dad also gave him an answer. Instead of you being the only one not there, explain to him why you can't come. You're more than welcome at my house. Let's do it up. And I'll save the money for that and put it out. Yeah, I like that aspect. That's the stuff, you know, I appreciate you sharing, Bob. I, I want to be able to do those type of things for, for my kids because mine was do whatever you want. My rule when I live with my mom was... Uh, my way to the highway kind of... Don't smoke pot in the house. That's the only <laughs> rule I had. So when I moved in with my dad in my last year and a half of high school, I had a curfew. It was a little more tight, but still kind of easy to get around and go just fucking around with the wrong kids still at that party that I shouldn't have been at because those parents allow certain things to happen. Right. And it was almost like just looking back on it as a parent, it almost seems like an easy... Yeah, go ahead. Just do your bullshit. Just do it over there. Whereas the harder thing to do and the right thing to do is, no, you're not going at all. <laughs> but if y'all want to hang out here, that's cool. It yeah, works out that's cool. pretty well. So while we're living at my mom, well, that was my only rule. No smoking weed in the house. Everybody still came over. We still hung out, had a great time. We had video uh -huh. games. I had movies. I had my own space. I had the whole basement to myself. Like It, it was my spot. Like No doubt. Just go outside. We got babies in the house. I'm 10 years older or 20 years older than my youngest sibling. So okay. there was always, and there's, my mom has six kids. Okay. Wow. Nothing but babies in the crib. And I'm 10 years older than the next youngest kid. So I'm significantly older, like doing my thing and they're in high school. You. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's trying to keep some type of check on that, but more or less it's just, just keep the smoke outside and you know, hang out and then, then yeah, have all your friends over. Let's have a good time. We'll have a fire. We got, we got, 
quarter acre to have a good time on. Let's just live it up Eau Claire, Wisconsin style. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Well, remember, your kids are watching and listening to everything you do. So no matter if you're in the other room, no matter if you're talking to the mom the wrong way, no matter if you're on the phone with the client, no matter if you get off the phone and you're upset, they're listening, they're watching. Yeah, no, that's important. I appreciate you saying that. It's almost like the universe put you in front of me today. Like, I mean, uh, the wife and I, we were getting into it this morning a little bit, you know, just typical everyday marriage stuff. You know how it goes. But, Mm -hmm. like, it was just in front of the kids and just kind of losing my cool. And she's more, you know, let me put my, let me paraphrase. Shut the fuck up. The kids are here. That's what she told me. (laughs) That's what she told me. I was just like, you know what? So, so we got, we got, you know, we got some, we got some talking to do, some adulting to do. But, but yeah, most definitely you want to, you know, you don't need to shield your kids from the world, but you do need to shield your kids from certain things. And whether that's, you know, parental disputes, you know, dem- uh, you know, just parental issues or you language, know, a touch whatever touch on the shoulder, a touch in a hand, a touch in the knee, holding your hand if you can get away with it and just going, all right, let's try this again. It's almost like saying tag, I'm doing a reset and we go out. And when Julia's upset or Julia's mad, Instead of her just coming in the room and not saying anything, she'll come in the room, grab my hand, goes, I don't need to talk to you. Okay, now I know I'm ready to have that conversation. It's going to be calm. We just got, we just felt each other's emotions. She sees that mine's exciting at the time, and it just dropped 40, 40 points. Mm-hmm. But I can see hers is down already. Where are we at? What are we doing? What do we need to do? It's, it's hard. Let's talk about sooner or later. You don't have this with the girl, but I have to talk about birth control. And I remember her coming in, Dad, and sitting down, and she goes, Dad, because of my periods are so hard and because of this and this, I want to go on birth control. I was like, hold on, hold on. You know, common. Common. And I'm looking at her and she's upset. And she's afraid of my answers. Says, Can you give me five minutes to, to chew on this? So she walked out and I sat there thinking, oh, I know that's a bullshit excuse, but let's, let's, let's think about this. So she walked back in and I said, did you talk to your mom about this? Mom said, absolutely no way. Okay. I got your back. So I set it up to where I said, I call, I text your mom up the point. And I says, Julia's got this for school and she needs to get a physical. I'm taking her this week. Are you coming or not? Didn't leave it open for a question. Didn't leave it open for discussion. I'm taking her to the doctors. Yes, can you do it after 3.30 any day? Fantastic. Julia, I'm calling the doctor tomorrow morning. Julia, your time is at 3.45 on this day. Here is what we're going to do. When you get there to see the doctor, you're going to mention it out loud, what you need. It's up to the doctor to turn around and meet from there to figure out how to discuss it with your mom. But you started something that's going to happen. And, of course, as soon as it came through that point, her mom says, I'm going to take her to the gynecologist. We're going to get it set up. We're going to do it this way. Don't worry, I got this covered. Her mom was finally on board. Well, it's sometimes you just should be on board in the first place. When you have your, your child, their first experience talking to dad, talking to mom, there's a lot of first in life, snowboarding, even if it's getting high with your kid down the line or whatever you're doing, if you're with them and you're seeing them and they're understanding you, whoever you are, I don't want my daughter and me getting high together and we've never got high, but if we can do it, whatever we do together, they're watching everything you do. If you're going to turn around and be judgmental about something, they're going to be judgmental about something. You've got to they're 12 years old to realize what kind of kid you're going to have. So when they go off in the world to start their own life, they look at it this way and they look at it, my dad. And a lot of times kids these days don't have conscience. So if you're growing your kid with the conscience, my dad's going to be upset with this. My mom's going to be upset with this. And they come home after doing it and he says, you know, I broke down. This is what I did today. Why? <laughs> this is not what we, we taught you to do. Let's try it this way. 
That's an interesting point. I never, uh, I never felt any which way. I, I'm saying that no, that makes complete and perfect sense. You know, have that voice in the back of your kid's head mm-hmm. as they go forward to make decisions right. of, hey, what if, you know, or what will, dad, what will, mom? Did yeah. you? Were you told by your parents? I'm proud of you. Were you told? And neither was I. No, negative, never. Never. As a matter of fact, when I found a different father, it was completely made sense. He would turn around and tell my younger brothers, I'm so proud of you guys. You did this, this, and this. Dad, I'm the one who got into the All-Stars for baseball. I'm so proud of your brother. He was a, he was a catcher, and he caught this many else. Okay, so it didn't. It was more of me trying to always please somebody. But if you've got their confidence, oh, my God, you pulled this out. I broke this. You know, you broke it by accident, but look what you found over here. And you came to me and told me straight out. I didn't have to go find it hiding. I am so proud of you for doing that. It makes a big difference. They're not out of trouble. We're going to pay for this somehow. You're going to help me do it. But you didn't lie to me. You didn't try to hide it. I am so grateful. Let's go figure it out. As a matter of fact, let's go buy a new one, and then you can pay me down the line how we do this. So it could be like a a painting fell off the wall. Let me go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let me go back a second. Uh, okay. You said you got until 12 to make some, you got you know, instill some stuff. Now, mm-hmm. that seems generous to me. What, uh, you know, what, what research or what just live anecdotal that where 12 is that point? 12 is that point. 10s where they start thinking about it. 11s where they start trying to push your buttons here and there and see where you're at and what they're allowed to do, what you can do, how you're going to react. At 12 is when they're going to say, here's who I am. This is what I'm all about. This is me. You just they're formed, formed by twelve, right? Okay, I believe okay. That's I see, okay. my personal beliefs, and I see it. So I see a conscience. If they don't have a conscience by twelve, they're never going to have a conscience. I've got. She's got two um, half brothers. She has a half brother and half sister. Neither one has a conscience. Neither one was raised with a conscience, and neither one needed one. And same with kind of in the mom at the point. So now what they what they do, and when they're doing it, it becomes such a hard thing to them to turn around and realize I did wrong. I'm going to go say something about it. They'd rather say, I did wrong, let's hide it. With the kid, Julia, she sees that he does wrong. It's like, I can't believe I did that. Dad, how do, I, how do I fix this? Well, let's do it this way. Well, that was a big screw-up. Let's try it here. And we work it out. And she, I also make sure that she has to have time with her mom and good time with her mom. She, was the, she didn't always have a great time with her mom growing up. Her mom was always the opposite of what I did. I turn around and she'd talk to me and she'd go talk to her mom. Her mom would put in her place. The parent, the actual parent. No, I said no because I said so. I never said that in my house. No, why? Because the dog will do it. And if the dog will do it, then the bird will do it. We don't even have a bird yet. So I'm going to have to kill the bird and the dog. And she finally laughs. She's like, do you understand? Yeah. People are watching. Yeah. People understand who you are. Yeah. Your kids are watching too. Have you ever sat and watched your kid talk to an adult? Oh, you're asking me? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, again, two and a half, but yeah. Two and a half. Absolutely. I mean, you can usually tell by two and a half. Are they, are they giving, are they shying away from the adult? Are they talking to the adult? Do they light up when they see grandpa? Or do they light up more when they see grandma? Which one is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only, then, have, we only have a grandma. We only have a grandma. And, you know, when my friends come, it's, it's apprehension at first. And then after they kind of, they, they're, I mean, the little people, they're like dogs. As soon as, yeah. they, as soon as they see the person's cool, like one of my best friends will come by. Fist bump hugs, and then they'll, yeah. then they'll start playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but they they actually come up. Hi, how you doing? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Julia, same way with her grandma and stuff like that. Other people in your lives, other people in their lives, actually will have to turn around and help you form who they're going to be. So, agreed. If, you, if yeah. you keep them in the corner, and this is adult time, go over in here. 
when the kids turn around and become adults, there's going to be like, well, I can't be over there. It's adult time. Well, wait, I'm an adult. I don't know what adult time is. That people time. It's human people time. time. I, yeah, I agree because that's kind of how I, you know, kids over here. Adult time is happening over here. Well, and we've I, learned as kids, as th- you know, Thanksgiving table, we're sitting at the kiddie table. All right, great. Now when we finally got to go to the adult table, we thought we were cool. I'll tell you what right now. I'd rather go sit at the kiddie table any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. Yeah. Here you guys go. Here's all this. I'm over here. Why? Because I can throw food and I get in trouble for it. <laughs> I got I, I got one more question for you, sure. Bob. Uh, co-parenting. Uh, so you seem to kind of have a resounding right. theme where you're trying to input and maybe being stepped on a little bit along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, have you have you since so two part question? Have you since came to an agreement? And now your child, your oldest child, an adult. I've always made it easy with with the ex wife when a co-parent and you know she'll call me. Julia's doing this. Well, let's get her on the phone. What the hell do you think you're doing over there? Well, mom told me this, and mom's yelling at me, and I yelled back. And then I says, well, you guys need to work on your communication. For one thing, give me three things you love about your mom. This, this, and this. Okay, I'm going to tell you what. Your room is a mess over here, too. And your room's a mess at your mom's house. I'm going to turn around and tell you right now, you got four hours to clean that room over there. And when you come over this weekend, you're going to be cleaning yours too. And I want pictures. I want to see pictures. I want you to be proud of who you are and the and the place that you live. So when people walk in, they go, oh, my goodness. And they can see that you have actually take care of everything you have. And you've done this from the beginning? I've done it from the beginning. Good. Okay. That's and great. there's different ways of, um, of punishment too. I've only had to punish her once. And what it is is I walk by and it's a baby girl clean your room. It's 730 in the morning on a Saturday. I'll get it. And I had to go off and do something. Came back, and she's a teenager. Julia, your room's not clean. Let's go. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. And she's still on her phone playing. Three hours go by. Fourth hour goes by. Give me your phone. When your room's done, you can have it back. Well, four, five hours going by. Now we're at what, eight, nine, seven, thirty, eight, one 1.30 in the afternoon. She comes and goes, okay, my room's clean. Can I have my phone back? Let's go check your room. I go check your room. Fantastic. I asked you at 7.30, it's 1.30 now. Well, let's go. 2.30, 30, 6.30, you get your phone back. Well, why? It took me, it took you five hours to clean it after I asked you the first time. By the way, your boyfriend called. You got three texts. He's pissed. It's I mean, beautiful. I you got another it. one. And stop. You're being so mean to me. It's like, I asked you to clean your room. So now I have to just walk by a room, even at 19 years old. What time is it? <laughs> I'll get it done. All right. <laughs> so it's. I love it. You're not getting mad. You got even. She understood. She's got it done. So, I, and I still do it to this day. She lives, I don't say she lives under my roof. She lives in our house and our house together. Because if something happens to me, it's hers. Mm-hmm. So she understands that we're going to both keep it up and both keep it clean. You like your dog? Cool. I don't like your dog. So you clean up after your dog on this day out here. I will make sure everything else is done over in this area. Your room, your bathroom, keep them up. I keep my room and bathroom up just as much as you. And now it's a, that's where the friendship comes in. But the daddy comes in is when I turn around, punish him. It's like, where's your phone? And I found her out to do it to me too. I thought you're cleaning your room. Yeah. Where's your phone? (laughs) I got him. There you go. I will be back in two hours. (laughs) Right on, Bob. Matt, I appreciate you coming through. For those of you uh, listening, we are not in the basement. We are at the best way studios. Um, Love this place. 
Bob Ditko coming through hard. We are actually at an event, I'm sure, before that door got closed just a couple of minutes ago. You heard some <laughs> background noise, but uh, we're at a little Christmas party type deal. We decided to fire the mics up and just just get an episode of The Basement in. Bob was very gracious enough to to come through. Uh, uh, you got, you want to tell people where to find you, Bob? You can find me at Stewart, and you can find me on Facebook, Bob Ditko on Facebook. Bob Ditko, D-Y-T-K-O. Bob, if you can't spell Bob, you got problems, but this is a uh, <laughs> Stewart title rep all all your housing needs, uh, most definitely he's, he's here to help. Anything with the land, he's here to help. Uh, I'm here to help as well, as you all know, but this is not the best way podcast. This is the granddad's basement podcast where we just <laughs> we just talk about life and this one we got into parenting. So Bob, I appreciate all your insight, all your wisdom just coming from you. You got a 19-year-old, I got a two-and-a-half-year-old, so you got 16-and-a-half years experience on me. So I, I, just, I just love hearing that kind of stuff and hopefully we can help somebody else along the way. So uh, everybody be cool and uh, uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, Bob. That was fun. Feels good to be king. When I your subjects are broken little things. Feels good to be kind. But it's the only thing that keeps you alive. And I'm alone most of the time now. Now I'm the only one worth hanging around. And I can really put my roots down now. I'm the only one in town Feels good to be home But I can really get this pain off my chest No one knows the trouble I've seen And what that trouble gets Heavy weight on my mind From all the stuff that I saw Warm bodies and fresh meat It's all the same to the law and I'm alone most of the time now I'm the only one worth thinking about and My mom says I watch too much TV And sit too long on I'm not changing the world, you know, but I want to change the world within my world. Okay. And I want my grandkids to have nothing but positive stories to say about me. That's really cool. To their kids.